It is good to see everyone here this morning. It's a beautiful morning, and we have a number of guests with us today, and, and part of that reason is because it's, it's Senior Sunday. Jay, it dawned on me when you got up a moment ago that my first Senior Sunday at Lamar Avenue was 33 years ago in May 1986, and you were a senior. So I guess the lesson there is, graduates, you, you have hope. If Jay can make it, we all can make it, right? Yes, yeah. So, I, I mean, we won't go any further than 33 years ago. That's, that's a long time ago. But anyway, so this morning is a very uh, special Sunday for us. It's a very meaningful Sunday for not only our graduates, but for their families. And again, uh, thank you for being here. We have been learning to think orange for the past several weeks. Orange, as you know, is a secondary color. It is formed by bringing together red and yellow. And the idea of thinking orange is this. When you combine two great influences, their impact together can be even, even more influential. And so for our context, we, we have chosen uh, family, perhaps the most powerful influence in the world. And we've chosen the color red, warm hearts, and the idea of, of, of love penetrating within our families. And the church, another very powerful influence that God has placed in this world to spread His Word, to spread the gospel of Jesus. And we've chosen the color yellow uh, to repre represent the church as the light of the world. And so rather than the family and the church perhaps competing against each other for the lives of our children, bringing those two very powerful influences together. And so that's what we have meant by thinking orange. What can we do as families? What can we do as parents and grandparents? Really, any of us who love our children. What can we do to better influence them? To have a faith and a trust in their Lord. And what can we do, church, to support those families? And again, rather than maybe being in competition with each other, better working together. And so all of these lessons kind of come to fruition this morning on this very special Sunday. Reggie Joyner, in his book, Think Orange, as he begins to conclude his thoughts and his ideas and his suggestions, he lists seven components to activate the family and the church together. To, to once again bring these two very powerful influences together. To have this impact upon our children. 
Component number one, he refers to as a compelling vision, where the church establishes a clear expectation that parents should assume the primary responsibility of leading their children, both spiritually and morally. Component number two, a pro-family culture where the church establishes this this pro-family culture by by communicating strategically, modeling personal priorities, reducing, again, the competing programming that often occurs within children and youth ministries. Number three, parental support. Parents are systematically encouraged to develop critical skills so they can have a positive influence in healthy relationships with their children through group or training experiences. And uh, Jared and I have, have made the commitment to do what we can as staff here to ensure that our parents have the proper support. Component number four, family experiences, where experiences with the family are created within the church as a catalyst for meaningful interaction at home. The fifth component is, is I think, a, a, a very important component, especially when you think about our vision. And, and I might suggest that this component would particularly fall under our Restore All Things Uh, vision, where there is a community-wide focus upon the family, where as the body of Christ, we provide experiences and accessibility uh, for those in our community, both parents and and children, who, who might not have opportunity to learn and to know about God and, and to begin to, to develop a relationship with their Creator. And we have two two ministries within our Restore All Things component that is attempting to do just that with our Kitty College and our Latchkey programs. Uh, This past Thursday night, uh, Kitty College completed their year, and as, as best as we can determine, looking back in old bulletins and such, Kitty College just completed its 44th year. And, and when you think about that, that's, that's pretty amazing. I, I discovered that uh, Kitty College began evidently in 1975 simply as a Mother's Day Out uh, program on Friday. Dorothy Houchin, anybody remember Dorothy? Dorothy Houchin was the first director and she put a little uh, notice or thank you note in the bulletin thanking the adult classes for contributing $179 to the Friday Mother's Day Out program that became Kitty College. And Jill, I don't know if $179 even buys chalk for the year, you know, these, these days. But church, I mean, we have this opportunity, again, as we are thinking orange, to make an impact upon parents and families in our community who bring their children to our facility two days a week. We don't have to go anywhere. They're bringing them to us and being more involved in in doing what we can as a body here 
to uh, support and enhance our Kitty College program. Our Latchkey program, I think, is approaching its 30th year anniversary. Uh, again, and <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of fun to hear us all talk about what we remember about that first year of Latchkey. I know Dean had me out there playing dodgeball with those children uh, every afternoon and teaching a Bible class and I actually helped with math homework in those days. I'm not sure I could do that anymore. But we appreciate the work that James and others have done through the years uh, as, again, grade school children are brought to us five days a week. And, and again, church, here is an opportunity for us to better support, better be involved in a very important ministry. Bible classes are taught to these children, and there is constant interaction with these families. And again, this community-wide uh, focus, this component of thinking orange. The sixth component that Jorner recommends is what he calls milestone emphasis, where parents in the church are actively involved in key events that mark critical passages for the growth of our children and our students. And that is what we are wanting to emphasize this morning. Jared. Ed and have the uh, seniors come on down. And we're going to present Bibles in just a moment. As a, right before we get going with this, I just want to mention five things that this Think Orange group uh, concept ha has given that they believe that every kid needs. Uh, the first one is nosy parents. Now, as Cody walks down here, he does not want anybody being nosy in his stuff. And so uh, that's the last thing your kids really want is nosy parents. And I'll have to tell you, it's a lot easier to be a nosy parent these days than it was even when I was growing up in high school. I, I had a, a pager or a beeper uh, that I would get a, a code on my, on my hip here, and I'd look at it, and it was, it was from my parents, and I knew at that moment I had like five minutes to get to a payphone to let my parents know where I was. Now... That was even before caller ID, so I could tell them where I was or wasn't, or I could kind of say I'm here, but really be there. I didn't, though, Mom. Uh, <laughs> but if they wanted to know who one of my friends were, they actually had to meet me face to face. Parents, now we get to stalk our children on social media. Michael's doing it right now. <laughs> I saw you lift up your phone. I just <laughs> But they need that. They need us to know what's going on in their life. They need us to to not just be at the games but but know who their friends are and I've even heard know who their friends' friends are. Because if you know who their friends are hanging out with, then that kind of tells you a little bit about what's going on in their lives. 
And Randy mentioned that, I, I think, last week. Children, or parents, do you know where your children are? So we got to be nosy. That's one of the things it says that every kid needs. Another one is a voice saying the same thing as parents do. Now, I can't tell you how many times that I have, have uh, calmly and gently spoke to my, my daughters. They call it preaching, but, but it's, it's very calm and, and very instructive, very intelligent-like, uh, and they totally ignore me. Uh, and then they'll go and they'll visit with somebody. And they'll come home and they'll say, Hey, you know what, you know what Maggie just told me? And they'll tell, they'll tell me exactly what I had said two weeks ago, as if like it was some newfound truth. <laughs> but our kids need that. They need other voices, other adult voices who are saying the same thing that you guys are. I, I mentioned about being able to, to go and, and, and get milk out of Sue Hatchell's fridge. They need a relationship with other adults that they know where their milk is. And they are comfortable with going into their house and sitting down and grabbing a glass of milk, maybe even without even asking. And those parents or those adults are saying the same thing that our parents are. In order to prepare our kids for life, they also need someone else who believes what they believe around their age and stage. I could, I could learn, I, I believe this, I, I could learn how to swallow swords and take it to class on Wednesday night. And I could juggle flaming swords and I could prepare this incredible application lesson on a Wednesday night. I could even maybe go learn to, to sing and then get somebody else in there to sing with me and have a powerful worship evening. But here's what I've noticed. When kids want to be there on Wednesday night, it's not because of anything that I'm saying or doing. It's because they have a friend there. And it's kind of like us adults, too, as well. Years ago, there was a statistic out that, that an adult will go to a church and visit it and decide to, to be a member there or, or, or stay there and, and be a part of that congregation based on what they hear on Sunday morning. That they'll, they'll decide... To, to say that that's their home. But they'll stay. They'll stay only if they make some deep relationships, some, some friendships. And so our, our, our kids need friends who think and act like they do and how we want them to do. I mean, think about it. Jesus, he didn't just send his disciples out one by one. He sent them out in groups of two at least. Because there was a connection that they needed, a reminder. Another thing that's written that says that they need is uncommon sense for wise choices. Jesus taught things that did not make sense in the common times, in the common world. There are decisions that our, our kids have to make and face throughout their days at school or at college that does not make sense to them in this world to do it like Jesus told them to. It doesn't. When it comes to wanting to be with friends, it doesn't make sense to say no to a party. It doesn't to them. But they need lessons, and they need 
mentoring and they need examples of the, the things that Jesus taught that didn't make sense and how to play that out in the world that they're living in. And the last thing, and I think it's the biggest thing, is that they need to know that there's a big God and that God is bigger than you and anything you can do and anything you can accomplish or anything you face. That God is a God who knows everything there is to know about you. That he formed you from the beginning. And he cares for you deeply. And that there's going to be days that you face things that you just totally don't get it. And you don't understand. And you even whisper in the night, God, are you there? They need to know that there's a God that answers back that yes, I'm with you in the storm. I'm with you in the sunshine. I'm with you on that football field. I'm with you in that classroom. I'm with you as you make music. I'm with you always. And so our kids need those things, just like we do. We need to know that there's a really big God we serve that's bigger than us, bigger than what we do, (laughs) bigger than our mistakes, our sins, bigger than life itself. So as we uh, present these Bibles, you may have children. You're going to one day be here soon in this moment. Are you making sure they have these five things as they go off to college? Are you filling their backpacks by being nosy? By giving them other voices? By helping them have friends who believe what they believe? By giving them uncommon sense for wise choices? By showing God that we serve as big? Let's present these Bibles to our seniors. As tradition, uh, we present Bibles to our graduating seniors, and in turn, we present Bibles to our kindergartners moving into first grade. To our seniors, uh, I know it's time that you're starting to make plans for your, your life, things that you'll do, uh, plans for where you'll go. And I just ask you to remember Jeremiah 29, 11. And God says, for I know the plans I have made for you, plans to prosper you and to not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So in all the plans that you do, please don't forget God. If you'll come forward, we'll present you a Bible as I call your name. Cody Anthony. Justin Cannon. Chandler Jones. Caitlin McCarter. Rashad Richardson. Hayden Russell.
We have three kindergartners that will be receiving Bibles today, um, one of whom could not be with us, but we'll still call their name. And if you will come forward as I call your name. Zoe McGee. Joe Fortenberry. Joe here. He didn't make it. Okay. And Ellie Spencer, uh, I don't believe, could be with us uh, as well today. Hi, my name is Cody Anthony. My parents are Jay and Christy Anthony. I'm graduating from North Mar High School. After graduation, I plan to attend uh, Abilene Christian University to play football. My favorite verse is Psalms 35. Hi, my name is Justin Cannon. My parents are Jan and Laura Cannon. I'm graduating from North Lamar High School and I plan on going to Stephen F. Austin to pursue a degree in music production. And my favorite verse is Romans 15:13. Church family, my name is Chandler Jones. My parents are Kyle and Monica Jones. I am graduating from the Jones Academy. I plan on attending Oklahoma Christian University to become a nurse after graduation. My favorite verse is Luke 4:18. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind to set the oppressed free. Thank you.
Hey guys, it's Caitlin McCarter. My parents are Michael and Lindsay McCarter, and I will be graduating from Chisholm High School. After graduation, I plan to serve as a combat engineer in the United States Army. My favorite Bible verse is, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua 1, 9. Hi, my name is Brashad Richardson. My parents are Shonda and Glenn Burgess and Virgil Richardson. My grandparents are Michael and Shirley Brigham. I am graduating from Paris High School. After graduation, I plan to attend Arkansas State University to play football. My favorite verse is Isaiah 41, 10. Uh, my name is Hayden Russell. My parents are Bennett and Kevin Russell. I'm graduating from North Lamar High School. I plan to further my education at PJC after I graduate. And my favorite verse is the Beatitudes. Once again, congratulations to our graduating seniors. The seventh component that Reggie Joyner suggests to activate this Think Orange concept between family and the church, he simply refers to as effective family time. And here's what he means by that. Curriculum and resources are designed so core truths can be taught at home and at church in a synchronized effort. Kind of goes back to a couple of the points that, that Jared made in 
Our children, our students, need to hear very similar voices. Voices that are communicating the same message. Voices that are consistent in what they are hearing, what they are being taught, hopefully what they are learning. And the reason teaching those, those core truths are so important today is because we live in a culture, we live in a society in which truth is becoming relative. The only absolute truth that you hear in the world today is there is no absolute truth, which, if you think about it, is kind of a contradiction. And so the importance, again, of, of, of parents and families in the church communicating the same message and being sure our children fully understand the core truths of the Bible. And maybe the best place to begin is what the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. As you know, 1 Corinthians 15 is devoted to defense of the resurrection of Jesus. But here is the way Paul begins that defense. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom who are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one who was abnormally born. Here as Paul begins his Defense of the resurrection of Jesus, which if we went on to read the rest of chapter 15, Paul makes the point that without the resurrection, we, Christians, of all people, are to be pitied. And so he is emphasizing the, the historicity, the fact that this resurrection, this pivotal event in human history, it really happened. But he goes back to the very beginning, and he, and he uses four verbs to emphasize this core truth of the gospel. The fact that Jesus died. The fact that he was buried. That he was raised from the dead through the power of the Holy Spirit that God provided to raise his Son and our Savior from the grave. And then finally, that he appeared. But what Paul would want us to understand is this. Not, not only is the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus a historical event, it can be examined. Witnesses can be considered. There are lots of convincing proofs our, our faith need not be something that is just pie in the sky by and by, as one writer said. But it's not just a historical event. 
It is a salvific event. There is our salvation attached to it. Paul says, not only did Jesus just die, but there was a reason for his death. There was a purpose behind his death. It was so that we might receive the forgiveness of sins. And so as we consider this core truth today, and as we reflect upon it and its significance for our own lives, we are are also thinking in, in the context of our children and our students and what we are teaching to them. This core message, yes, Jesus is a man of history. And yes, his death, burial, and resurrection, the key events of human history. But Jesus was more than just a good man. Jesus was more than just a good teacher. Jesus is more than just a great moral example. He is the Savior of the world. And He's your Savior. And He's my Savior. And the purpose behind His death was so that we might have forgiveness of sins and have this relationship with Him that can help us in this life and prepare us for the life to come. And so whatever else we celebrate today as we congratulate our graduating seniors. We're also reflecting upon the significance of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus in in asking the question, is He our Savior? And are we communicating that, that core truth to our children? Are are, are we teaching them about Jesus? Are we emphasizing the fact that, that yes, He he is all those things we mentioned, but most importantly, He is their Savior. And and you come into a relationship with Him by, by being convinced that He is God's Son. And, and expressing that belief in Him as God's Son. And, and submitting to His authority. And being baptized into His name for the forgiveness of those sins. And to receive the gift of God's Spirit. God never abandons us. And His Spirit lives within us. And, and everywhere we go, He is with us. And we continue to walk in faithfulness and in loyalty to Him. So this morning, as again, we we congratulate our seniors. And we express the pride that we have in them for all of their accomplishments. To understand the greatest accomplishment of all was by... Jesus himself, by being obedient to his Father and leaving us an example to follow in his steps and encouraging our children, our grandchildren, and each other to be faithful to him 
as our Lord and Savior. Stephen's going to lead us in one more song this morning. We refer to it as the invitation song. It's not my invitation. It's not the elder's invitation. It's not Stephen's invitation. It's the Lord's invitation. You're responding to him this morning. We are here to encourage and support. But if you need to respond to Jesus, God's Son, the Savior of the world this morning, please come forward while we stand and sing. Stephen.